0: This is Bob Cudmore with the story behind the story about the past weekend's uh, column in uh, the Daily Gazette, Focus on History. The headline on the column, Fort Johnson Man Fatally Shot at Supper Time. William H. Marshall Jr., 27, was shot twice in the head at supper time on Wednesday, March 12, 1919, at his home in Fort Johnson. The fatal shots came from a revolver apparently held by Nellie Bostwick Derry, a woman in her thirties who had been living with Marshall for two years. He was separated from his wife and children who were living in Oneida County. Nellie Bostwick, born in Perth, was the daughter of Robert and Ada Bostwick. She married William Derry of Amsterdam in 1902. The couple had a daughter named Mildred. Nellie and William separated in 1917. Almost immediately after the shots were fired in the incident in 1919, Nellie Bostwick-Derry phoned William Marshall Sr., the victim's father, saying, Come over right away. Something awful has happened. The gravely wounded man had worked in Amsterdam knitting mills and recently had joined his father in the garden business, I guess based in Fort Johnson. When the father arrived, he found his son still alive, sitting in a chair, bleeding profusely. The father called a doctor, Richard Canna, and police. Bostwick Derry was hysterical and was tranquilized with the shot the doctor gave her from a hypodermic syringe. She was taken to Amsterdam City Hospital. Her lover, who never regained consciousness, was taken to St. Mary's Hospital. He was pronounced dead 15 minutes after being admitted. The Fort Johnson shooting was front-page news the following day in the Amsterdam Recorder. Other front-page stories, uh, one worried that although World War I was over, civilization was facing chaos from Russia's Bolshevik Revolution, more men were arriving home From the Great War. The Fort Johnson case went to trial in July. District Attorney Newton Herrick argued that Marshall's death was a homicide, with the motive being that Bostwick Derry had become jealous of attentions that Marshall was giving to another woman. The defendant stated that if Marshall was unfaithful to her, she did not know it. Her version of the reason for the fatal incident was that she and Marshall had been annoyed by rats on an ash pile in the backyard. She took Marshall's revolver from its hiding place in the house, or wherever they stored it in the house, to Marshall uh, in the room where he was sitting, so that he, Marshall, would either shoot a rat she had just seen, or show her how to shoot the weapon. She carried the gun in her right hand, had a comb in the other hand, as she wanted to comb Marshall's unkempt hair. In her effort to give him the gun, she said, she accidentally discharged the weapon, not once, but twice. Defense attorney A. Howard Birch said that Marshall was, quote, a big good-natured fellow, rough in his manners, rough in his play. He and Boswick Derry were frequent attendees, at the vaudeville and burlesque shows in Amsterdam. The lawyer said they were always together and always happy up to the time of the accident. The trial at county court in Fonda resulted in a deadlocked jury. Five jurors were for conviction on second-degree murder. One was for manslaughter. Six were for acquittal. In a second trial in April 1920, There was difficulty getting enough jurors, as many men did not want to serve on a jury deciding the fate of a female murder defendant. Women were not common on juries until the second half of the 20th century. In the second trial, Bostwick-Derry was found not guilty. She made a scene after the verdict in her impassioned expressions of thanks to the jurors who hurriedly left the courthouse. After her acquittal, Nellie Bostwick-Derry worked as a dressmaker, and she married a Mohawk carpet mill employee, Wallace Smalley. The Smalley's lived quietly on Devendorf Street in Amsterdam, I believe off Clisby Avenue. She died in 1958 and was buried at Hegeman Cemetery. So that's the story uh, that we had in the uh, newspaper over the, the weekend about A fatal shooting in Fort Johnson in 1919. I received uh, one follow-up email about that from uh, colleague uh, Dave Northrup, also uh, an author, who's written works of fiction. And Dave writes, what a great story, a good starter for a piece of fiction. Now that we've got you all together here, I wanted to bring up some of the uh, reaction which I've had to the story uh, last week about the Daiquiri's rock and roll band led by Norb Sherbunt and uh, featuring uh, Sal Perillo and also Ed uh, uh, Emmerich and uh, uh, another man named Bob, who's Bob Albright. Uh, The a rock and roll cover band, if you will, of the early and mid-60s. It happened to be the era that I was... In school, I knew one of the members of the band, uh, Sal Perillo, uh, and uh, in, I, used, I have seen them or did see them when they used to play. Among other places, they played at Russo's uh, Tavern on West Main Street in Amsterdam, and Russo's is still there. I've received a number of uh, letters about them. Let me start with the most recent, which was the uh, uh, maybe the longest and very interesting. A woman named uh, Julianne uh, wrote that I just wanted to tell you that your article about the 60s group, the uh, made my day. When they started playing at Rousseau's, I was a young nurse working at St. Mary's with an apartment a couple of blocks away from the bar. My friends and I hung out at Rousseau's and uh, made friends with Norbert Corky Sherbunt. Did not know that was his uh, nickname. Uh, and apparently they... Uh, they being uh, Julianne and uh, Norbert Sherbunt uh, became friends uh, until, as she points out, he uh, passed away not too many years ago from uh, cancer after becoming a lawyer and becoming a a real prominent uh, resident of of Amsterdam. In fact, uh, let me make sure I get her first name again. Um, uh, Julianne writes that uh, he married uh, Judy, who I had gone to uh, high school with oh she tells a couple of incidents about uh, the band at uh, Russo's that cause she says they would sometimes come to see her apartment after they're uh, playing there and they'd have coffee and so forth uh, before they'd be uh, going home. I also uh, received uh, an email from uh, one of my uh, long-time friends, Liz, who uh, well how <laughs> should I put this? You know when she was young she didn't go to bars okay so uh now that she goes to them today very often but anyhow it's, it's too bad I never heard them play would have loved to hear Sal on the sax because she knew Sal Perillo who was in the band and he played the uh the saxophone she said uh, Sal Perillo was in a couple of her homerooms when she was in junior high and then I had a an email from Bob Believe. Haven't heard from Bob in a while. Uh, he was a musician himself, also involved in the video music business and operating video stores and things like that. And um, I think he used to sell m- coffee mugs that um, had Beatles tunes on them or something like that, or Beatles, the titles of Beatles tunes. But to to get to the point about the daiquiris, uh, this prompted Bob to say, hey, uh, that's very nice and like, Glad to read about the Dacories, but how about doing something about some other bands, including uh, some that he started. Uh, He said that uh, Bruce Gardner, Tom Spakoski, and he, Bob Believe, each started, they're all from Amsterdam, and they each started rock and roll bands that were popular in the uh, capital region. Uh, Let me see here. Tom Spakoski, oh dear, I've lost what, who's, band was what um but anyway they each started their bands. i think bob had a band called the dynamics and bruce started a number of bands and uh i can't seem to find oh yeah here's tom Spikoski's band i believe the dynamics also all three of them uh eventually formed a band uh and uh did kind very well in the capital district and I think I've messed up the the band names and I'm sorry for that but uh it's I would say likely or maybe well, not certain but likely let's say that I, I hope to get an article together about more of these bands so that's the latest a story behind the story about my columns in focus on history